Hey guys, welcome back to another Hang Time Sports Podcast. For this one, we have a little special guest. We have Nick, who is actually a part of his own podcast and his FM radio himself mm-hmm, called mm-hmm. Nick Mac Daddy Podcast. Yes. So. The Ryan Show FM. Oh, Ryan my Show. apologies. Yeah. It's a great, great thing. I would go watch it. I've watched a few. Well, not watched. I've listened to a few of his podcasts. Episodes, and yeah. And episodes, and I've really liked kind of content he produces. He also has TikTok, where he discusses a lot of sports on there. Uh, I'll put it down below in the description so you can go check that out. Again, great content if you want to get some sports analysis. So, yeah, let's get right into it. We'll start off with the NBA scores from yesterday. Okay. So the first game we have is the Raptors and Wizards. Uh, they won. The Raptors won one thirty-seven, one fifteen. They improved to twelve and thirteen. Um, I I personally watched that one, and uh, I thought Norm Norm Powell might have had the best game in his career, which is he had what twenty-eight points, I think, and um, he played really, really well. Um, just an overall around good team game. Um, nothing much to say about the Raptors. They're okay this year, not too good, but they are in the playoffs, but. It's the Eastern Conference is kind of like you have like the really really good teams and then you have the not very good teams. So the Raptors are kind of in the middle of that. Yeah. What's your thought on that, Nick? Yeah, well, I got to say the Raptors for me, they're one of the most disappointing teams in the Eastern Conference. I, I agree. Think you guys yeah. would agree on that. Um, you know, along with the team they beat last night, the Washington Wizards because I know preseason I had the Wizards as a playoff team when they acquired Westbrook, extended Bertans, I thought they were destined to maybe sneak in there as a six or seven seed, and turns out they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Raptors, they seem to be hitting their stride a little more lately. I yeah. know there's a lot of, you know, we'll get into that later. I guess. I think, but that, I know there's a lot of rumors with Lowry. Yes, I think they've won last five out of their six games, which is really good for a team that's trying to get right back into their stride. So uh, that's really good for them. Okay, the next game yeah, here. Norm, um, oh, I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, Norm Powell, having a tremendous season. Shout out, Norm Powell. And shout out, uh, Piosk, uh, Pascal Siakam. Turning turning his season around, slowly but surely. So. Yeah, it seems like many teams have figured out all of his spin moves. That's probably why he's been underperforming the <laughs> last few games. It yes. Seems. So, yeah. But he's putting up points that they need them to, and he's really stepping up, which is what the, the Raptors, the need, Raptors yeah. need. Then you have the Wizards with Bradley Beal, who is averaging 33 points yeah, a game, which is absolutely he's, insane. He's averaging the most in the league, I think, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, right behind Steph Curry at 29 points. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't believe that they're 6-16 six and 16 when they have like really two good, really solid players, and I guess just the rest of the team is like horrible. But um, it's, uh, it's a, You know what? It just goes to show you that defense does play a role oh, yeah. in, in today's NBA, as much as people like to argue against that. I mean, look at look at the Nets. I'm not convinced of anything. I'm sorry. We'll get into that later. But with the Wizards, defense is their downfall. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. You can have the best offense in the world, which is what the Nets have, but you still might not win all the games. Yeah, for sure. Next game we will discuss is the Dallas Mavericks and the Atlanta Hawks. They barely... Dallas barely won this one, only winning 118 to 117. Dallas's record is now twelve and fourteen, where Atlanta falls to eleven and thirteen. You, you know what? Uh, Dallas is really disappointing for me this year. I had them like being one of the better teams because I really thought Luca would like carry them along with uh, Porzingis, but it just 
I don't know how because they're all close games that they're playing in, but they just not can't just pull the game out to a win. Uh, well, being a Dallas Mavericks fan, um, <laughs> I had Luca as my MVP oh, yeah. going into this season, and you know what? He's not even top five right now. Mm. But what the Ma- the Mavericks have this issue? They didn't start the season with Kristaps; he was still injured, mm-hmm. and we'll see if he can even stay healthy. But that Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trade is turning out to just be an absolute waste. Because Josh Richardson was supposed to bring this defensive presence that has been obsolete for the Dallas Mavericks. And Luka can't do it all himself. So No. Yeah. I mean, last this game he put up a triple-double with 28-10-10 with 37 minutes. So he's doing, he's playing how he should be playing. He just needs that extra supporting cast to yeah. really help him out. So. Yeah, we need more of a big man. Maxi Kleba is not a backup backup center in this league. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Trey Young had a really good game with 40, uh, 42 minutes and twenty five points with fifteen assists, which is I think is a career high for him. I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but um, and seven rebounds for. And him. it's the same for him. He just the team is kind of it's really really young team. And they haven't really grown into their full potential, so I'm looking forward to see them in the future years. But um, Trey Young, uh, Hawks fans should be like really, really excited about. Oh yeah, they have a bright future. Uh, absolutely, I saw a stat today that last night was Trey Young's 40th game already. Yeah. Uh, that he has 25 plus points and 10 plus assists, mm-hmm. which is second most all time. Amazing. Yeah, and John Collins also had a really good game with 33 points and eight rebounds. Um, not much assist for him, which isn't surprising, but um, he still had a really, really good game. Absolutely. John Collins has really stepped it up this year. The Hawks, uh, the Hawks are one of the more surprising teams in the East, for sure. I agree, yeah. Yep, definitely overperforming for when... Maybe not overperforming, but performing where they should be, at least, compared to other teams that are not playing as well as we thought they would. Right. So the next game we're talking about is the Clippers and the Timberwolves. I believe this is the first game that Carl Anthony Towns is back. Yes. With from COVID after missing thirteen or fourteen games. Something stupid like yeah. that. Yeah. So the Clippers won one nineteen to one twelve. Their new record is eighteen and eight, which I think which is a very good record for them. They're playing where they should be, if not better. And the Timberwolves are now six and nineteen. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? Uh, well, it's kind of like that old saying, another year, another lottery pick for Minnesota. There's nothing much you can say. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish they would free my man, Cat. Mm-hmm. You know, free my man, Cat. Get him out of there. You know, he deserves it, but it was good to see him back on the court. Glad he's healthy again from COVID. Uh, as far as the Clippers, they're going to be active at the deadline, man. They need to be because the, the absence of Paul George is definitely showing. And Paul George was having a really good like big season even for him you know really high performing season and to see him out struggling with this foot injury there's uncertainty for the clippers Kawhi is gonna need a lot of help so we'll see what they uh we'll see what they try to pull off but i'm uh, concerned about the clippers yeah and i think uh serge Ibaka is also like a huge addition to them because that brings even more defense to that team which i don't think they need but um he's just kind of a good solid player to right down the middle right so I think that was a good addition for them. Absolutely. I, I, need to, I need to see another, you know, Abaka's a good addition, especially you guys being Raptors fans. You yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Ibaka brings so much to a squad. But again, Ibaka's getting up there in age. Yeah, and he sure. needs some he needs a better, you know, uh front court mate than uh Ivica Subac. I just think they need another they need one of those monsters in the paint. Yeah. So. Someone like maybe Andre Drummond or someone who is very powerful. Probably too powerful for that team. I don't think they could reach him. Or or a man that we just mentioned, John Collins. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. Yeah, that would be a perfect fit for that team. Next one we're going over is the Charlotte Hornets and Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Memphis won this one one thirty one fourteen, and they improved to ten and ten. Uh, Memphis for me was like, was I thought they were going to be good. I thought John Morant was going to take that next step this year. I mean, he's playing pretty well, right? But he yep. just hasn't really got to that next level he's still like kind of the same he was last year so i i hope like they're just playing really really well but they're just not really improving that much too much they were last year yeah i think we're all anxiously anticipating that next step for john morant and yeah. he just hasn't hit it yet i think it might be coming but like ah it's just i don't know i don't know when he's gonna flip that switch the nice surprise for Memphis has been uh, Valanchunas. Yes. yes. And, and hit the Billy stepping up big. Uh, it's the first time he's performed very well since leaving Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and another guy I'm waiting to take another step is Dylan Brooks as well. You know, you tell he's a leader on the court, but, you know, he just that needs to translate to his play as well. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he put up 20 points in this game, so he's doing he's doing all right for what he's doing. For being out there yeah, forward, so and, uh, who is it? Ja- Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson as yeah. well. Yeah, Another yeah. guy that needs to step it up a little bit. Yeah. Now for the Hornets, one of the probably going to win Rookie of the Year, Lamelo Ball. Yes, I, 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 I'm like totally for him winning um, Rookie of the Year because he's just put up like consistent numbers the whole year. Put up good assist numbers. Going to put up good. He only put up 17, which sounds really, really good for a rookie, but. He like averages like twenty three or something stupid for a rookie. It's um so I'm 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 really really looking forward to see what he's gonna turn out turn out to in the future. Yeah, uh, isn't it amazing how much more the Charlotte Hornet Hornets are like? How much better they look with Lamelo Ball as the starter? Yeah, yes. You know what I mean? Like they just look like a better team. Uh, the chemistry between Lamelo and Rogier and Hayward has been awesome to watch. There's a bright future ahead for Hornets fans, so, you know, don't fret. And, yeah, Lamar Ball is the Rookie of the Year right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's the only one that's giving him any kind of competition for that as of right now because the team is per- overperforming and performing so well is Halliburton out in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, he's he's performing at an elite rookie level. So I think those two are the cream of the crop for the rookies. Again, Anthony Edwards looks good, and Wiseman looks pretty good too. So, Oh, yeah, they're play- most teams are doing that. And our next game we're going to talk about is the Brooklyn Nets and the Indiana Pacers. Brooklyn won 104-94, surprising that they barely put up any points for Indiana just because <laughs> of how horrible the defense is. But Indiana's record is now 12-13, and where the Nets are 15-12. and yeah, I'm surprised because uh, even though um, Kevin Durant didn't play, I was expecting the Nets to put up more points because they still have Kyrie and James Harden. Kyrie had a really good game with 35 points, 8, and eight assists, and 4 rebounds. But um, I really expected them to put uh, up a lot more points 
but the Pacers are still a pretty good team, honestly. They've been uh, more surprised more surprising than any other team this year in my opinion. But um the Nets uh need to work on that um offense a little bit more without uh, Kevin Durant there. Yeah, especially with Miles Turner who is I'm not sure if he's still leading the league in blocks per game with just over 3 or he was at least at one point. But with Miles Turner and then Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis, I think that team has has potential, yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of potential. What are your thoughts? I'm extremely high on the Pacers. I have been all year. I thought, you know, it was a freak thing that happened to Karis LeVert, but that team with a healthy Karis LeVert and eventually down the line with a healthy, again, TJ Warren, yeah. I think they have a really bright future ahead. Like, a lot of people are mentioning that when it comes to the Pacers. This is a team that's performing like this without TJ Warren who we saw in the bubble just absolutely explode. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a huge bright future for the Pacers, especially like uh, Phil said, defensive player of the year candidate, Miles Turner. Um, As far as the Nets, it's, it's amazing the efficiency that Kyrie is playing with this year. He, but that's the thing. He has to be that efficient for the Nets to win. Yeah. Yeah. He has to make up for that lack of defense. Um, I believe last night he was 17 of 17 from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah. That's so, cool. like, that shows you the type of game Kyrie has to have in order for the Nets to be successful. And James Harden, it seemed like he had a quiet night, but he still had a double-double with 19 and 11. So, again, you hit the nail on the head. They have to work on that offense without Kevin Durant available. Yeah, I agree. And, um... You can't rely on uh, Kyrie every single time because he's not really a reliable player, honestly. I mean, if he can keep putting up those numbers consistently, I think he will. He might become like right now. He's a second or third option on the team. I don't know how you would classify those options. I'd have Katie at one. Is my opinion. You might have James Harden. You might have Kyrie, honestly. But if he can step it up, he might become that guy who leads the team to the future. Um. The the Nets' big mistake was allowing Jared Allen to be a part of that trade Yes, for Harden. That was their biggest mistake of the season because now I love DeAndre Jordan as a clipper, but ever since then you've just seen his age come in and take over. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm a big DeAndre Jordan fan, but at the same time, he's not a young guy anymore. And, you know... Noah Vonley isn't going to be the big man that get, puts this team over the top. They need to go out there and get a big man. Yeah. Uh, Vucevic from Orlando, Drummond, whoever they can go out and get. But the thing is, they're so limited in their picks and everything else. So. Yeah, I agree. Cause how, I, they gave up like a crazy amount of picks during that trade, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, they gave up their probably the best asset, as he's proven since the trade, Jared Allen. Yeah. If they would have kept Jared Allen, I think this team would have a significantly better record. Yeah, I agree. That's what this team needs is they need a monster in the paint. Again, a dog. Somebody's going to fight for the rebounds. And they need that defensive presence, too. So. Yeah. All right. So the next game we are going to talk about is Chicago and the Pelicans. <sighs> uh, Chicago won this one 129-116, oh. to improving to 10-14. and Um. Chicago, um, that's impressive for Chicago. I really think Chicago is trying to f- turn things around. They've kind of, they're kind of in the in between, like in the middle team now, better than what they were last year and being one of the worst teams in the league, right? So I think they're they're taking some steps, right? Uh, 
And also, Zach Levine had a crazy night last night. Um, maybe that's the reason why they won, but um, they, they're they're getting there. They're, oh, yeah. Zach Levine and Kobe White together put up 76 points themselves. Yeah. Like, they... Zach Levine had 46 points, 4 assists, and 7 rebounds, where Kobe White had 30 points, 7 assists, and 2 rebounds. Like, both guards played amazing that yeah. game, in my opinion. Yeah, they actually became the first duo in NBA history to uh, record 8 or more 3-pointers each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, Kobe White, people forget, man, this guy was shining last year. So I've been waiting for him to explode, and he finally did last night. And Zach Levine, my God, my God, does he look good this year, man? Yeah. If he wasn't on, if he wasn't on the Bulls, he'd be he'd be in a like the top top seven MVP conversation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Say, yeah. If, but when it's not translating to wins, what does it really mean? Exactly. How does yeah. he feel like he's working towards that trade? He, he wants that trade, but I, I, I don't think he's gonna leave. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. Um, I don't know. It's been a while since the Bucks. Since the Bulls have been like really, really good, except since Michael Jordan. So it's. Um, Zach Levine. It's a little bit hard for him, but I think he just needs to wait a couple, two or three more years, and then they'll be a pretty good team. Right. Don't skip over the D Rose years because they had a lot of potential during those D Rose oh, years. Yeah. And after that injury, it was the damn shame, and they thought they had the second coming in Jimmy Butler. Which turns out they kind of did, just not in Chicago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you can't, you can't forget those D Rose Bulls because they were the biggest threat to Miami in the East until D Rose went down with that injury. So yeah, but I I, 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 I would love to see the Bulls competitive again. Like, again, I grew up in the Jordan era, mm-hmm. so the Chicago Bulls will always be like a symbol of greatness of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously I'm a big Jordan head. Phil knows that already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, the NBA is just more fun when when Chicago's one of those competitive teams. That yeah, I can agree. I didn't grow up in the Jordan era, but I've watched a few of his games, and I could just see how yeah how he just, he just like controlled the game totally. He just no one had as much skill as he did. Um, he just kind of right. controlled the game, and no one really had a chance against him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was. Uh. He was. And listen, this isn't me hating on LeBron. I don't mean to like take over with the Jordan versus LeBron thing. I have LeBron too. So I'm not hating whatsoever. I just think that there's different characteristics on and off the court that Jordan had that LeBron doesn't have. Yeah. And there's things that LeBron has that Jordan didn't have. Yeah, for sure. If we're talking sheer, pure, built like an athlete, physical <laughs> specimen... LeBron James is, like, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The guy is unreal. He can play point guard. Was he 6'8", 270 or something mm-hmm. crazy? Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But, anyway, keep going with the scores and everything. I don't want to take over yeah. with the LeBron MJ talk. Yeah. I mean, even LeBron's longevity, the amount he's been playing at the level he's been playing, also is just incredible. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So the next game we have is actually a bit of a blowout. We have the Denver Nuggets and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Denver won one thirty-three to ninety-five, making their record thirteen and eleven. Where Cleveland is now ten and sixteen. Where did Jared, Jared Allen had a really really good game? He, he he doesn't put up that much points, right? But he you can tell from I watched a bit of that game, and you can tell he just 
dom- dominates the post, right? He had 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 18 points. It doesn't look like much, but it really, really is. Yeah, it 100% is. Like, he was having him, and even Colin Sexton didn't have that good of a game, putting up only 4 points in 29 minutes. But their team just didn't have uh, that leading point scorer that they really need in mm-hmm. Colin Sexton, or they need someone on that team to step up and really help them out for them to be a playoff contender if you consider them a playoff contender. Yeah, well, I, I would I wouldn't take that night from Colin Sexton as normal. I don't think we'll ever see Colin Sexton shoot one for nine again. Mm-hmm. At least not consistently. So Cleveland's got a bright future, but for me, the Nuggets got off to a really slow start, right? And they've lost some horrible games. I mean excuse me one second. <clears throat> The other night, they dropped the game to the Sacramento Kings, and granted, Sacramento has been, you know, playing really well as of late. But for me, with Denver, I've been waiting for those other guys to step up besides Jokic. We know how good Jokic is. Jokic is a top five MVP candidate this year, hands down. You know, the numbers he's putting up are are crazy. But the guys like Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, I've been waiting for it. Will Barton. Especially Jamal Murray being Canadian, it's... um... I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting 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 until he has that one game and then hopefully he'll get back to what he was during the bubble bubble last year. Oh yeah, he had an amazing year. I mean, again, he played 25 minutes last night and he scored eight points. Yeah, he has not been producing at the level we saw in the bubble and even previous to the bubble. Mm-hmm. Everybody points to the bubble with Jamal Murray, but he was nice before that. You know, so I think it's got to be a lot of the mental game right now. You know. Um, I want to see Jamal Murray succeed. He's he's amazing to watch when he's on fire. Clearly, last year during the bubble, him and Donovan Mitchell's battle was one of the highlights of the playoffs. So, oh yeah, and even Paul Millsnap and Michael Porter Jr. had a good game yesterday as well. Yeah, yep. I've been waiting for Michael Porter Jr. to step up. He was supposed to be my most improved player this year. So, yeah. Next game we have is. OKC versus the Lakers. The Lakers barely won this one, one fourteen to one thirteen. Lakers' record is now twenty and six, where OKC is ten and fourteen. What do you think of the Lakers? How do you think they're doing this year so far, Nick? Uh, you might as well give them the trip to the finals right now. Yeah, that's that's how I think they look. I mean, just look at the facts. Like Anthony Davis isn't really playing. And then even when he was playing, his minutes were significantly dropped. He's nursing an Achilles injury while he's playing. And LeBron's playing at an elite level. I just, I cannot believe the longevity of this man. Like we Mm -hmm. were talking about before. It's just unbelievable the way he's playing. Kuzma stepped up this year. Montrez Harrell. Yeah, yeah. What a beast the last couple games. He had a 20-point game last night, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. You know? The Thunder, though, give them credit. They've pushed uh, they've pushed the Lakers to a combined three overtimes this week. So, you know, they're showing a little, little improvement, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and uh, even the, the Thunder had a good game as well, even without yep. any without their stars. They had Al Horford, who put up 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. And um, Darius Baisley had 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists in 43 minutes. So... They really need that backup player to step up, especially when they don't have Shea playing. Well, they only have an eight-man eight rotation right now, yeah. so it's um, 
it's kind of unfortunate for them because I think it's COVID that's hit them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so. it's um it's unfortunate because I think with with the full roster they made they made even one of those games, right? So, it's um it's uh it's, it's unfortunate, for right? So. I mean, right. I mean, you know, the Thunder are young. Besides Al Horford, the Thunder are young. So hmm. they, I lo- I love Shy Gilgis Alexander. I like Lou Gwynstor a lot. Um, they'll be hanging around later in the season. You'll see. Yeah. Their their youth will help them with the final push towards the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even when you think of um, Lakers being champions last year, and then you have a team with an eight man rotation who is a young team, like you said, without Al Horford, and they're still able to win to lose by one point in overtime, you can tell either... I mean, even though Anthony Davis isn't playing, which is probably going to be a big factor if they do play when they're all healthy, Yeah. but they didn't have Shea either, so it might balance out a little more, but that just shows you that OKC might be a playoff contender and a team to watch out for going up against the reigning champs. If you, yeah. think, if you think about it. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to win it all or anything. I'm just saying they're a team you might want to watch out for and a team that might be underrated. I, I don't think this year, but definitely in the future, for sure. Yeah, For sure. Definitely down the road. I think this year in the West, you see clearly who the contenders are. The same mm-hmm. thing with the East. Yeah, so. exactly. Last game of last night, we have Milwaukee and Phoenix. Milwaukee lost one twenty four to one twenty five, making their record sixteen and nine. Where Phoenix is fifteen and nine. Very close game. Giannis had an an, an incredible game, putting up forty seven points, five assists, and eleven rebounds. He even had that backup with Chris Middleton, almost which had a double double, putting up eighteen points, eleven assists, and five rebounds. It was a great game for the Bucks, even though they lost by one. Yeah, I think it was an even bigger win for the Suns. They needed that. They needed another big win over a contender, and I think we're seeing that the Suns are a legit threat in the West. Yeah, I think. And I think. Th- oh, yes. you, you oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think Chris Paul is like was a huge addition for that team, of course, because he he's putting up like decent amount of not, uh, points, right, and assists. Um, I expected more for assists for him, uh, but um, I think that team. I don't really know because it's really against really really good teams. They don't seem to be playing very well. But um I well I'm talking about the Bucks, but um this team is I don't know, it's it's they're they're close, right? But it's just I think they need one more really really good like a decent back backup player, like a sixth man who's like really really good and then they'll be at that point. Yeah, um also, Dante DiVincenzo off the bench for Milwaukee has been stepping up a lot, too. I like his play. I've liked his play ever since he went to Villanova. Um, with the Bucks, I mean, Giannis is doing everything he can, like, like always. And Middleton, I think we're seeing Middleton isn't exactly the part of the duo that everybody... I think he, Middleton's very overhyped. He's so inconsistent. And he needs to be a star somewhere else. So I think... The best thing Milwaukee could do is package a deal for Middleton for, for another star. Another a different star to pair with the honest. With Giannis. Yeah. You know, uh create a different duo. Give Giannis a different running mate, man, because clearly I don't see Milwaukee able to get over the hump. I think they need some sort of a, a guard. I think they need a, a like an assisting guard who just like who's very, very consistent. 
so but so like Giannis can kind of rely on him and because Chris Middleton really isn't like you can't rely on him like sometimes he has like really really bad games but sometimes he put up puts up like 45 points right so it's I think Giannis needs someone to rely on like 100% of the time and I, I think at that point I think maybe they'll have a chance but I, I really my pick is is for the Nets or Lakers to win I know the Nets, yeah, they're not that good, but I think with that offense, I don't think anybody's gonna be able to stop them, right? So. Yeah, and I think uh, I think a name to watch maybe going to Milwaukee might be Lonzo Ball. Yeah. He's, his name his name is swirling in trade rumors. I think playing alongside Giannis could do a lot for Lonzo's growth, and I think also um, a change of scenery for Middleton might help a lot as well. Yeah. Middleton back to the Pelicans would be. Very interesting, considering they already have Brandon Ingram. So I don't know how realistic that trade is. But oh yeah, hundred percent. But um, so now we're that we're done with the NBA. The next topic we are going to discuss is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, yes, uh, we're Raptors fans, so this is kind of an important topic for us. I really don't want to see the Kyle Lowry go, but maybe it's the best thing for the Raptors. I, I don't really know. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, Fred, uh, listen, Kyle Lowry has done everything he possibly can for, for uh, the Raptors, as you guys know. It, I don't think it would be the end. It's obviously it's the end of an era. But I don't think it would be fractured relationship between Toronto and Kyle no, Lowry no. at all. I'd like to see how he does in a different situation. I know that he's comfortable here. His family's here. He lives here. I know he just put his Toronto house up for sale. So he mm-hmm. definitely is anticipating a deal. And I'm also hearing that the Miami Heat are the ones that are front runners for him. So I wouldn't be mad if he went there, honestly. No, I, that would be an amazing... Um, I think that would be an amazing partnership. I'd love to see Lowry and Butler run together. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking earlier about the longevity of players, and Kyle Lowry's not getting any younger. He's 35, maybe 36. I think so, Like, yeah. he's around that age, so he can't get any better, and he's proven to us that he's a great player. I'm not saying he's a bad player or anything, but from here he can only get worse. He can't get any better than what he is he might be consistent for two three more years yeah but if uh we're looking talking longevity wise i think now would be a good time to trade him because he's putting up consistent numbers almost every night playing decent minutes not showing any signs of fatigue or anything like that so now would be the perfect time to trade him to a team that might need that point guard to be a playoff contender yeah and i would love to see kyle lowry win another ring of course even if he's not on the raptors so i'm totally if he's Gonna go to the contestant team and it's a fair trade back to the Raptors. I'm totally up for it. Or right, yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, right now you you can get max value, probably the most value you'll get from Lowry at this point. So I think the Raptors see that um, they probably had a meeting with Lowry, sat him down, explained everything. He probably agreed, and that's the way it's gonna be. And hopefully. I can see you getting a couple role players. I can see you packaging um, Lowry in something to Cleveland, maybe for Drummond, or maybe Lowry. Ah, you know, I don't know what you get back from Miami for Kyle Lowry. Is what I'm saying. 
You, I would uh, go for a younger player because I don't. They would not throw in Bam in there or anything like that because. I think you, you're looking you to get, get like, back a, like a Kenrick Nunn you, or like a um, what's his name, the, um, the shooting guard. Tyler. No, the other one, the backup. Duncan to, Robinson. Duncan Robinson. You get probably him and a couple picks or something like that because he's what he's still young, so he's still going to get better. He's but he's not as good as Kyle Lowry. But I think for a team who's kind of. I guess Raptors are kind of. I don't know if I don't know if you say it. I don't know if they're kind of rebuilding. I don't know. It's kind of they're kind of in the middle right now. They're kind of deciding. Yeah. But um, I think he'd be a good kind of trade piece that it's possible that they could trade for. Yeah. I think uh, one of the interesting storylines with Kyle Lowry is the Raptors also probably feel that it's time for Lowry to pass the torch completely to Fred VanVleet, and as long as Kyle Lowry isn't there, is there. It's never going to be uh, Van Vliet's team. They invested a lot of money in him. They want him to be the guy, clearly. They want him and hopefully Siakam to be the next, you know, two guys that carry this team into the future. So, why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? I mean, and uh, like you said, even Kyle Lowry has never... Uh, pass, uh, not Kyle Lowry. Um, Fred Van Vliet has always played under Kyle Lowry, and he's still putting up v- pretty good points. Very, very so. Good numbers, yeah. If Kyle Lowry leaves, he could be averaging a lot more points because we might not even have seen his full potential now. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So and he's still very, very young, right? Yeah. So it's what his fourth, fourth or fifth season, something yes. like that. So um, <laughs> he's um, I'm really, really excited to see where he goes, especially if Kyle Lowry leaves. I'm, I'm like, kind of in between because I don't want Kyle Lowry to leave, but I want. It's kind of like in between, you know what I mean? But um, it's I'm excited. Well, I'm not excited, but I'm kind of anxious to see what uh, the future is going to be for the Raptors. Exactly, they might have a bright future. They might not. It's really it's hard to tell right now. Like you said, they're in the mix. They haven't exactly decided what they want to do yet. Yeah. All right. So, is there anything else you would like to add, Nick? Um. No, I think we covered everything. Guys. Yeah. The NBA. Uh, the listen. The NBA is awesome this year. I I, I think it, it's gonna it's gonna be one of the funnest down this stretch into the playoffs we've seen in a long time and i can't wait for it i'm here for it it's gonna be a very active trade deadline i'm here for it so can't wait yeah so we're gonna do one more question that is going to transfer us from the nba more into the nfl so we're gonna do some overrated underrated or rated players and uh there's five or six NBA players that we have written down that we'll talk discuss about whether we think what they are, and uh, yeah, then it will ask a few football players, and then we'll move right into the NFL. What players will do this off season, and okay. teams. So first player is Luka Doncic. Which you're being a Mavs fan, what do you think of Luka? Uh, fairly rated. Yeah. Rated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Fairly rated. Um, until I see, see the thing is he's still putting up crazy amount of great numbers, you know. So I can't call him overrated. He's putting up the numbers. It's just his team's terrible around him, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say he's fairly rated. Um, I would agree, honestly. Um, maybe I don't know, because you don't know what his future is going to be, right? But, but I would call him almost underrated, almost because I think. People are not really talking about uh, him as much as they should be, really, right? They are talking about him a lot, but they're not comparing him to people like uh, MJ or LeBron, which I really think that it's possible that he could get to that level. But it's um, 
you never know when it comes to the NBA, right? Yeah, because I saw this one yeah. post on Instagram where they compared him to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't think he's re- he has definitely has the potential to reach that level. Mm-hmm. But well, if you look at Luca's numbers for the season last year, and you look at Kobe Bryant's season, he won MVP. Luca had significantly better numbers last year. Yeah. And that, and that's just like that shows you how much the game has changed too. But you know, to to combat your point a little bit, James, all I heard all offseason was a ton of people picking Luca's gonna be MVP, Mavs are gonna be three four seed. Me being a Mavs fan, I'm like, we didn't fix the defensive problem. We're in a lot of trouble here. You know, so I told a lot of people they had to slow down on Luca. I picked him to be MVP, but like I said earlier in the show, he's not even top five right now, but he's still properly rated and it's only his third season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he is. He is a beast, and he's going to continue to be a beast for a long time. I think he's proved that, and he's here to stay. So, all right. So the next one, I actually got off a comment on TikTok that someone wanted me to do, and that was Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. Cool. What do you, what do you I think? I know of we him? Ta- we talked about him earlier, didn't we? A little yeah. bit. Um, but I think to get to that next level, he needs to be go to a competitive team. Um, I don't think the, the Timberwolves will trade him because he's like really really good and he has so much like potential but um i don't know because i guess you call Uh, yeah it's a tough one right because he sometimes he doesn't play very well but sometimes he plays like he's in like top five top 10 nba player in the league right but it's it's hard to like rate him i mean he is He's what is he? He's only played in five games this year, so it's really tough to call him yeah. anything. And he's coming off a 13-game absence from COVID, but the man was averaging 21, 12, and four in five games. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give Carl Anthony Towns a properly rated at right now. Yeah, I don't hear anybody calling him the best center in the league, but I don't I don't hear anybody calling him the worst center in the league either. So I'm, I'm gonna call him properly rated for now. Yes. The next player is Russell Westbrook. Hard for this ah, guy. I, th- I think overrated. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I just 100%. Found, yeah, that's just the first 100%. thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. yeah, because he he got traded for John Wall and then a bunch of other stuff. That was the main components of that trade. Right now, I think the Rockets are looking like they had the better end of that trade honestly oh yeah they won this trade as of right now if russell wilson uh not russell wilson if russell westbrook can pick up his game and played like how we've seen him like triple double russell westbrook if we can see him play like how he used to especially with bradley beal alongside Mm -hmm. with him then maybe yeah they could become a playoff contender but if they are going to they have to turn it around pretty quick it's one of those things that's going to be very hard for them to do but if he can step it up i think I don't want to say they have a good chance to be in the playoffs, but they could become a lot much of a better team. Yeah. You know, uh, Russ, Russ is overrated. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But I love Russ's game. Like, when you say somebody's overrated, you got to be clear. You're not hating on him, right? Yeah. No. No. The, the guy's still averaging 19-9-9, and right? A little over 19-9-9. And, and it just goes to show you how overrated the triple-double stat itself is. Triple doubles do not equate to wins. And that's why I say Russell Westbrook is overrated. 100%. Yeah, the guy's a walking triple double, but at the same time, what has Russell Russell Westbrook ever won? That is true. Nothing. 
And, and that's the reason I say Russell Westbrook's overrated. Now, so many people are calling him overrated these days that I don't know how overrated he is anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's one of the things you run into with, with that. But, you know, I hope Russ can turn it around. But look, again, he's having a pretty damn good season. But he's only won six games. He's the liability on defense. And again, the man can't shoot. He cannot shoot from the outside whatsoever. Yeah, and he seems to have a chemistry problem. If you see what teams he goes to. Like, if you look at OKC, I forget what year it was, where they had all that skill. Then they got separated, and then he went back to Houston with James Harden. And now he's on a different team with Bradley Beal. Wherever he goes, nothing is happening for them. They're not winning. Well, they're winning games, but they're not winning the amount that Russell Wilson is... Oh my, sorry. (laughs) Russell Westbrook is supposed to win because if if everyone thinks he's that good, he should be putting up a triple-double. But like you said, that doesn't mean they're going to win games. He has to be good out of the court, outside the court, and on the court, and be a team player, be good on defense. It's not just about the triple-double stats. Look, the the guy's shooting 34% from three-point range, Mm -hmm. which is actually one of the higher percentages of his career. So Russell Westbrook not being able to shoot is something we've known for a while. It's just never addressed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he's also shooting 41% overall from the field. So it's like, that is awful. That is the worst of his career. I, I don't see a mental in it. I think he wants to get out of Washington. And I honestly think it's more likely that we see Russell Westbrook traded before we see Bradley Beal traded. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one actually. Um, I think Bradley Beal is really um, he's he's like their trade talk number one in my opinion right now. I think he really wants. It's either it's going to go one way or the other. Russell Westbrook is going to get traded, or Bradley Beal is going to get traded. One of them has to get traded. It's just going to be depends on who it's going to be. Yeah, because yeah, I just to- know that the team and Beal have both said that he's not going anywhere, and he's been getting roasted in the press for it. Um, so I don't know, I don't know, man. Everything's just a rumor till the deal's done, right? Yeah, like sure. even the stuff I report on all the time, I know it's not a hundred percent true. There's stuff that gets debunked right after I report it, you know. So you constantly got to be on your toes with these things, and um, it's like I said, it's going to be an active deadline. I can't wait. Oh yeah. So we have two players left from the NBA, and we dive right into the NFL. We have Lamelo Ball. And who we were just discussing, Bradley Beal. Uh, I think Lamelo's uh, underrated, in my opinion. I think he's going to be in the next few years. I think he's going to be one of the better players in the NBA. It could change all of a sudden in like two seconds, right? He could go from being a good player to bad player. But it's hard to judge someone from their rookie year because it's kind of getting introduced into the NBA. It's, um, it's so it's hard to judge the first year of someone's career based on like for the future, right? So. I mean, especially coming into the NBA with the draft, he had all the hype behind him. Like he had, oh yeah, he was going to be such a great player. But he's actually showing those numbers. He's not one of those people who's going to be a fluke. If he keeps going the way he's going, he has a really promising career ahead of him and he hasn't played many games in the NBA and he's already proven to be a great player. Not a top 10 player, but he's a great player right now, especially for a rookie. Absolutely. LaMelo Ball, 100% underrated. 100% underrated. 
Um, and um, and as far as Bradley Beal, he's starting to become overrated. Yeah, but he's putting up the points though. But it's hard to I don't know because. But that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, 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 time. Yeah. that's it. He, and no... again, it's just you gotta keep the same energy that you keep with Russ. And like his, yeah, he's dropping thirty-four points a game, but he's not winning. And he's not the team. His reason. He's not the reasons his team pick up wins. Um, you know, it's just. I mean, he is, but the, not enough. You know what I mean? They're six and sixteen. Yeah. It's it's, ah, oh, it's, it's just he's starting to come overrated. That, that's all. And, and they're overrated as a duo. And the Wizards were overrated headed into the season. You know, it, it's just I'm guilty of overrating all three of them. You know. And that's just how I like. You got to break it down like this. If I'm saying Russell Westbrook's performances are overrated because they're not winning, I gotta say the same for Bradley Beal. They're on the same team. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so now we're gonna dive in. We're gonna do two or three NFL players, and then we will go right into the free agents of where we think players will sign yes. and why. So, okay, let's do it. So the first player we just saw, he was. Uh, our good QB, especially at the start of the year, mm-hmm. he was probably top, top, he was probably... He was, he was an MVP candidate yeah. at the beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah, he was top three in MVP candidates until halfway through, and then he started to fall off. And that's my team, the guy I kept saying and mistaking for Russell Westbrook. That's Russell Wilson. So, oh. do you th- I hey, honestly, I hate to it, say this. Yeah. Go ahead, Sorry. It's okay. Uh, even though I'm a Seahawks fan, I hate to say this, but I honestly think he's overrated. He's a good... I'm not saying he's not a good QB. I do think he is a top 10 QB in the league. I don't know what you'll no. think of that. No. I think he's top 10. No. Not like 6 or 7, but I think he's 9 or Wait, 10 you, in the league. you don't think he's top 10, James? No way. What? He's, he's not putting... He's not producing the way he should be, right? I think he's... That team is so good. Like, if you look at the numbers, that team is so good. And Russell yeah. Wilson, at the end of the season, was just he wasn't producing the way he should have been. At the beginning of the season, I really thought they were gonna, there was a chance that they could even win the, the championship. But by the end of the season, Russell Wilson just didn't look that good, right? I, 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 I don't think so. He's, I don't think he's a top-10 QB. Again, Russell Wilson was running for his life most of the year. I agree. He was, the, se- he was the second most sacked quarterback in football. He had no running game to speak of. So everybody and their mother that was watching football, even if you were kind of a casual, you know that he's going to try to throw it deep to either Lockett or Metcalf. Or he's going to try to push it down the field. Sooner or later, he had to because they were falling behind so bad. Because And he didn't have the time to do that. That's what I'm trying to get at. And he didn't have a play action to speak of because he didn't really have a running game. You know, um, I just think that you get Russ some help. We know what Russ is. Yeah. You know, let Russ cook, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I think Russell Wilson is properly rated at this point. Yeah. I can understand somewhat where you're coming from. I think he's a little over. If he can perform how he did at the start of the year last year, this year and do it consistently for at least most of the season, then maybe I could see him being properly rated. But as of right now, I think he's just a little overrated. So, the yeah. next player we're going to talk about is Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's hard to it's hard to rate him though when you think about how he's been out for the season. But I 
honestly, I think he's... I'm just have to say rated. I'm going to have to say rated because the O-line was, is just not that good, honestly. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think the O line is what's like kind of bringing him down. Because I remember at the beginning of the season, he just wasn't playing that well. But I think if the O line would have got better, I think maybe he would have been at that next level. But I don't think he's near what he would have been if he um, had a decent O line and he played the entire season. Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me about anybody from my favorite team. I am a Giants fan, yeah, so we knew you're from I New don't... York, so we had to ask. Ah. <laughs> It, it's going to really pain me to say it, but Saquon Barkley's got to be judged as overrated right now. And the reason is he hasn't... Listen, when he's on the field, he's unbelievable. He's yeah. one of the best talents we've ever seen at the running back position. I don't think anybody will deny that. And I'm a Giants fan saying this. But you got to show me you can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. And I'm not punishing him for his inter- uh, injuries, but that is a factor in playing football, right? we got to stay on the football field. Uh, how long is your career going to go with back-to-back major injuries taking you out for the season? You know, uh, I know he came back towards the end of two years ago after that high ankle sprain, but again, we saw he wasn't the same. And then I think he was going to start. Are you cutting out here? We, we can't see... hear you. No, you're good. Oh, we're good. Are you guys we're good. Out? We're good. Yeah, oh, we're good. Oh, okay. When you see Daniel Jones... And again, just to sneak this in there, Daniel Jones last year to prove something or he's gone, in my opinion. No. Uh, but if we see them run a successful RPO, like we saw Daniel Jones run before he got hurt, and against that game against the Seahawks, that they were up, upset him in Seattle. Sorry to bring that up, Phil. That's all right. Um, <laughs> but they were playing well up until Daniel Jones pulled his hamstring. Yeah. Um, so... I think we got to see Saquon in a year under Joe Judge, a full year under Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, and let's see what happens. But right now, I got to classify him as overrated. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan, so uh, I can't really say say much about Jason Garrett, right? So <laughs> ah. he brought much a lot of suffering <laughs> to us, right? So <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Okay. But, so... but let me ask you this, as a Cowboys fan, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Real quick, one word answer. Shoot it out fast. Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett? Mike McCarthy. 100%. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Because even with this team not being as good, you could see by the end of the season they were starting to figure things out. I think it was the defensive coordinator that screwed us over this year. And um, Mike McCarthy, I think he... he he, he, I don't know if he, I don't know if he saw the, the thing we're doing with the watermelon smashing or whatever. He, he's good. He, uh, he likes to fire up the, the team, and I think he's the right coach for that team. That he, they're, I guess they're not young, but they're not old at the same time. They're, um, but they need some encouragement to get to that next level. Yeah. All right. So right. We have... Um. Okay. Cool. Good answer. Yeah. We have one more player we're gonna discuss, but. He just played in the Super Bowl, and it was really hard with that O-line like we were just talking about before with Saquon. So some people might classify him as overrated. I'm not sure what you would. But Patrick Mahomes, where do you, what are your thoughts on him? Do you really think he's as good as everyone says he is? Like, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's as good as everyone says. I mean, people are saying he's overrated are crazy right mm-hmm. now. Oh, my God. The guy was playing with a torn plate in his foot. 
No offensive line. We're down to like third string offensive linemen. Yeah. And and he was still making throws that were hitting his receivers in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, the guy ran 500 yards prior to throwing the ball, which is an NFL record. Um, he's unbelievable. And even Tampa Bay mic'd up on the sidelines during the Super Bowl. We're like, this guy's absolutely unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes is just fine. He's not overrated. If you're saying that, you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. You have, you're absolutely crazy. Just because Aaron Rodgers had a slightly better year this year and won the MVP, uh, uh, I, he got the Chiefs to the Super Bowl again. They lost one game until then. Uh, he's just – Patrick Mahomes is amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, I can agree with – I'm not – I. <laughs> I don't think he's overrated at all. I was looking at some posts on Instagram and I actually saw there's like a bunch of memes of him like running around and especially the diving throw he made. I think it was to Travis Kelsey, but I'm not 100% sure. Didn't end up get getting caught, but it was no. still a nice throw. But um, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think he's properly rated. He has a bright future ahead of him. He's like 24, 25. Yeah. So and he, he signed a 10-year contract yeah. worth $500 million, which is crazy. So... um. You bet. You guys better get used to watching um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for a very, very long time, right? Mm-hmm. So, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and you, and you better get used to them being in the Super Bowl because I guarantee you they'll be back. Maybe not next year. Somebody could slip past them, but I guarantee you the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback in the next one, maybe even next year, but definitely two years, three years for sure. Hundred percent. So. I was just scrolling through our like notes here, and we have one more player we want to discuss quickly. And this is more yeah. for James, but uh, you're feel free to chime in whenever you want. I, I want to see what he says about okay. this, actually. What, um, what do you think is Zeke or Fumble King? You pick. Oh, that was a shot at James. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, the guy's got to hang on to his, hang on to the ball. Yeah. He's got to hang on to the ball. Um. That offensive line was awful this year. I agree, yes. The, the offense, I mean, you didn't have Dak, so that, like, took you, you, you the can, You can see the details. difference without Dak there, right? So it's um, <laughs> it's crazy. But the thing is, I see a trend of regression with Zeke, and it's kind of scary. It is scary. So yeah. this is like, to me, this is a make-or-break year for Zeke and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, make-or-break year for him as their starting running back. Make-or-break year... For him as a cowboy, and um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on on him this year. Let's see how he responds. Yeah, um, uh, I think if I think 100, he's going to work on that fumbling issue this off season, and I really, really hope that he does because if he doesn't, I'm going to lose my mind. But um, uh, I don't really know. It's he's definitely overrated as of right now. But if he makes those improvements, like get back to 2016, Zeke then I think the Cowboys can have a, a top five running back again, which I really, really hope they do because that offense is just going to be crazy if Zeke becomes what he used to be. Yeah. 100%. All right, so now we're going to dive into some free agents mm-hmm. where we think they might sign. Yes. So up first, we have Cam Newton. That's a tough one, actually. Honestly, that's a really, really tough one. <laughs> you don't really know. The golf course. Of course. Of course. I actually wouldn't be surprised. Nah. Maybe the Bears. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be a very Chicago move. To it would, yes. I could definitely see the Bears doing it. Yeah. What do you think, Phil? I, I really didn't know what team he would go to until he said the Bears, which I'm not saying he's going to go there, but I can kind of – I can understand where you're coming from, where you, th- where you think he's going to go to the Bears. Up next, Dak Prescott. Um, I heard news today that uh, they're either going to sign him or franchise tag him, which I – it's so stupid why Jerry Jones can just like – I, I wish I could be over there, like, telling him to do something because it's so stupid. He's he's a top-five quarterback, in my opinion. He's, like, he's a great leader in the team. He's, like, very mobile. He's he's just a really, really great person. And I don't think why you, why you can't sign him because he's shown you that he can be that really, really great quarterback that you need. It's so stupid. It just frustrates me so much. That we just can't sign uh, him, right? I kind of felt like they were going to franchise tag him. I was going to say the Cowboys regardless. I felt like they are going to franchise him because they need to see how he comes back from that injury. They're not going to risk wasting that money on a long-term deal if he's not even half the Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott that we saw before the injury. So they have to see how he performs in a game. No. Not in practice, not running sideline drills. Not warming up. They have to see him in a game. So I think the franchise tag is probably the only move for the Dallas Cowboys. I agree, yeah. Okay, and the next guy here, we have Richard Sherman. Um, I heard a lot of news around um, Las Vegas Raiders, which I wouldn't be surprised because they need a really solid cornerback. Um, But there's not many – like everybody's interested in him, right? But he would just sign for a one-year deal, so there's not much risk involved with him. So I don't think I don't know where he's gonna end up, but my pick is La- Las Vegas. Yeah. Phil, what do you got? Because I want to see. I mean, the Raiders. I could see him going to that unless he's like a trophy chaser, and then he might go to a better team that might be a more Super Bowl contender than the Raiders. I mean, if they do get Deshaun Watson, which apparently there, are, I mean, he's not the the Raiders are not the top team. For like, I think, I think that go. he wants to go to the Jets or something yeah. stupid. But um, the he the Raiders are a team in that discussion. So maybe if they do get Deshaun Watson, which another I would say top five QB in the league, top five, top ten at, at least. At least, yeah. But uh, if maybe that might influence him going to the Raiders, I could see again where your point's coming from. But not a hundred percent sure. He's more up there. Okay, we'll do. I am predicting. Richard Sherman is going to follow his defensive coordinator to the New York Jets. Ooh. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's exactly where I think he's going. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, he, he wants He wants a two-year deal and then his career to end. So that's it. But he, he, get, so he would get I, a fair bit of money there too, I'm assuming. He can get money. The Jets have a ton of cap space, but... Yeah. Um, I think they're I think they're more in on Deshaun Watson than a lot of people think. Uh, it was said yesterday by the Houston Texans insider for the Houston Texan Chronicle. I mean, sorry for the Houston Chronicle, uh, which is he is a, an amazing insider. He said if the Texans trade Watson, it will be to the New York Jets. So 
if if they get Deshaun Watson, like you said with the Raiders, I think Richard Sherman's a lock to go there. I think Richard Sherman goes there anyway uh, to you know play under Robert Sala and and uh, his defensive coordinator in San Francisco. So, all right. So here's a hypothetical case for you. If they do get Richard Sherman and Deshaun Watson, how do you think they will be next year? Do you think they'll be a playoff contender? Like, where do you think that they will be? Uh, <laughs> this is the Jets, right? Um, yes. No, uh, not if they only get those two. They have to add a big-time wide receiver to the mix, and they need a tight end, 